The, I think the reason why the kids at Casa Hogar are having so much success, their lives are very disciplined and regimented. Okay. So in other words, okay. you know, they have to do some of these things mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So they're getting the results. So the hard thing for me is yes. to teach the people that I work with, the athletes or adults, you know, that I think the number one trait, if you can master this trait, you can do anything is self-discipline. Yeah. And it, yet it's so hard. Everybody. Welcome back to Parenting on Purpose. Really excited because, as you can see, there's something different about this, uh, this podcast today. We have Coach Kevin with us, who is a mental toughness coach for um, teenager volleyball. So, But he has something a little extra to share with us, some five keys. What are they called? Um, I call them the five vibes. The five vibes. It's very uh, appropriate. That's right. That's right. I like that better. So I'm really excited. So without any ado, Kevin, can you um, introduce yourselves to our audience? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Kevin Skeens. I actually just moved to the Florida area about a year and a half ago. Um, I love the weather here. I'm originally from Colorado. Cool. So I talked to my daughter the other day and she said, Dad, it's 23 degrees here. And I looked and it was 86. So um, I love Florida. I love meeting new friends, new people. And I'm just really happy to be with you today. That's awesome. And we're super excited to have you. Um, I love getting the perspective of a dad. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you're a coach and that you've worked in um, uh, children and youth athletics for how many years? I mean, I've coached for over 30 years. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. really good. And I like that you also have some geographic diversity, right? Because it's cool having a perspective of kids from all over the place. Yeah. And I know you even have some international stories too. So I think it's just important to understand the psyche of children and yeah. how we can help better relate. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, for the last, gosh, I think it's been 20, it's weird to say these numbers now, because as you get older and you hear yourself saying for 23 years, yeah. I've been going to this orphanage. I still can't believe it's been that long. But, wow. you know, I started going to this orphanage um, 23 years ago when my daughters were very young and it radically changed my entire life, um, my coaching philosophy, my life philosophy. And it was all because um, of these children wow. at the children's home down in Manzanillo, Mexico. Do you know where Manzanillo is? Many, a lot of people don't. So I used to live in the West Coast, um, but I don't know specifically where Manzanillo is. So Manzanillo is about three hours south of Puerto Vallarta. Okay, cool. And it's a port town, so um, there's a lot of ships that come in, and all the goods that come from China go through Manzanillo before they go to Mexico City. Okay, so that's awesome. So there's a lot of um, sailor activity and that kind of stuff. So along those lines, there's also a lot of prostitution. Okay. So a lot of kids gotcha. that come from oh, you know, have no parents or have abusive backgrounds. Wow, and hence the the orphanage. Exactly. So what I'm gleaning from what you're saying is you were coaching before this, mm -hmm. um, and your children were very young. So what prompted you... Um, what prompted you to start taking trips down to Mexico? And then tell yeah. us a little bit about those well, relationships. Was, well, it was, it was the first time in my life where I felt like something was calling me to do something. And we were attending a church at that time. And there was just an ad in the bulletin. And it said, if you want to go on a mission trip to this orphanage, oh, wow. um, you know, sign up. And I didn't want to go because I'm a very um, nurturing father. And I hated being away from my kids. It's still really hard for me. Wow. And every week, it just kind of kept speaking to me. And I kind of felt like, all right, I'm just supposed to go. That's and amazing. It completely changed the course of my life. It was an ad in a newspaper? It was in the bulletin at this church. Bulletin at a church. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, and it just kept every week it kept haunting me. You know, I would see the ad and I was like, oh my gosh. It got to the point where I knew I was supposed to go. So okay. And how old were your kids at this time? Um, my youngest daughter was three. Oh wow. And my oldest was seven. Oh wow. So what I love about that is I know as a parent, I'm in the throes of it as well. Gabriel is three and Shekinah is obviously 15, uh -huh. who you know from volleyball. 
And like, I know many parents feel like there's more that they want to accomplish. There's more that they want to do. And I think a lot of parents do a really good job of balancing all of that. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of younger parents um, are going through where, you know, maybe they're still trying to find what that is. So if you can talk about that for a second, just that leap of faith or like, you know what, like, this is what it is. Like that, I think that's really cool. Maybe some of our audience feels that tug a little bit, but maybe there's a lot of cognitive dissonance there. Yeah. You know, for me, I just believe that we need to take time to quiet our minds almost on a daily basis. Because what I found once I started doing that, which I started doing at a pretty young age, because I had a business, I started a company when I was 17. So even in my twenties, I was super busy trying to build a business. But I learned at a young age to just kind of quiet my mind. And when I started doing that, I was noticing things like maybe an ad that I probably would have overlooked, you know, at other points in my life. So we're we're just testing your ability to quiet your mind. That's my my (laughs) But he's a comfort dog. I can tell. He's totally a comfort dog. Good vibes. Oh, it's a good boy. I I formally did not introduce Charlie and now he's upset about it. So (laughs) world, this is Sir Charles. We call him Charlie. He's a good boy. Oh, that's awesome. So what does that look like for you when you say quieting your mind? Because I always um, enjoy that that answer is different for a lot of people. Well, for me personally, I mean, there's so many different terms out there. When I teach it to my athletes, um, I call it centering, you know, which is you just kind of get quiet. You kind of rock back and forth side to side. and You just kind of land on your center and then you just kind of stick with your breath. Um, Other terms are obviously meditation. And, you know, this is one of the things that they teach at Casa Hogar. And we can kind of feed this into the philosophy here in just a few minutes. But um, for me, it's I call it centering when I talk to athletes. For myself, it's meditation. And for other people, it's prayer. It's just quieting our mind. And I think now in this day and age, you know, the world is so crazy. I just I can't imagine what I would be like if I didn't do that on a daily basis. I love that. And for you, is that like a few minutes in the morning or kind of just as needed? Is it like no? I'm like a, I'm a routine guy because if I don't do my routine and yeah. once again, this formula we'll talk about today, it's, okay. Ooh, it's, good. it's habits, right? So if I've I been missed, things into my life, so I'm very excited for this. No, if I personally miss my morning meditation, um, I, I don't function like I need to during the day. So I do not miss a day. Okay. That's awesome. Every single morning. And I, and they say you're supposed to do it before you get on your phone or anything, because then your mind kind of goes from mm-hmm. uh, one brainwave to another brainwave. And you want to catch your mind in kind of that groggy, just waking up phase. Still, if I'm remembering the vernacular scientifically, it's like still in that dream-like wake state yeah. where you're just a little bit more lucid, a little bit more like not solid into this world yet. Right. Yeah, and that's is- ideal, but you know, it, it chemically it does help no matter when you do it, but that's the ideal time to do it. And I think intention's big too. Like if you have the intention to genuinely connect, like I, I have done morning routines, so I'm so excited to hear that there's a mm-hmm. routine a- attached to the philosophies you have. Um, but even on days where I'm not in that routine, just getting in the mindset of like setting that intention, yeah. I feel can trump anything. So just know if, you know, you miss it and kids screaming, kids breakfast falling over, it's real life. Yeah. Like we can always make it work. Well, what I found too, speaking of kids, you know, when I first started my practice, I just noticed that I started reacting to things differently. I was a little bit more calm. Yes. I wasn't so reactive. I was a little bit more active maybe. That's awesome. So um, even, you know, just with, with conflict, um, in the business world and like trying to get kids out the door, you know, I, I noticed a difference and you have to stick with it for a while, yes. you know, but I remember after, you know, probably three to four weeks, I could notice that I was reacting to things differently. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you have a heuristic of time because I think that's important for people. Um, I know we live in a world of immediacy. So if you, 
you know, you don't, you track your MyFitnessPal for three days and you don't see a result and boom, yeah. back to the right. drive-through Look, or whatever it is. Right. Looking for the next shiny object to, you know, the quick fix. Oh, I have shiny object syndrome so hard. Yeah. One of my business coaches the other day was like, I will give you a book recommendation, but not yet because you'll read it and it'll knock you off course of what you need to do. <laughs> Uh, so coaches are great. We love coaches. That's awesome. Um, so to set the stage for everybody, this orphanage in Mexico, I love that you gave us the backstory of like how these kids came into the world. Um, they do something I've never heard of there. Um, so before you go into the philosophies and talk about it, now that you have worked with them for several mm -hmm. decades, have you ever seen another place do that type of philosophy? I just have never seen an orphanage teach those type of life skills and philosophies. I think that's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you want you want even more backstory? Of course. Okay, so I was one of those guys where I changed my major seven times in school, right? And I got to a point because I started my business, my family was going, and I just needed to finish my degree. So they let me create my own degree program because wow. I had so many random. I mean, I was in broadcasting. I was in, um, I was pre-med for a while. I just had all these crazy classes. And we came up with a major, social science. Okay. So, you know, my friends used to tease me, oh, you're a social scientist. What's that mean? Well, funny thing is my social science background is what led me to this formula and wow. what's kind of happening at the orphanage. So I started going down, like I said, 23 years ago. And what I was noticing is kids from this orphanage were doing things that they're not supposed to do. So what I mean by that is I'll just use a couple examples. Okay. Um, we had one girl that came in and you have to remember these kids come from horrific backgrounds of abuse, abandonment, neglect, um, kids living in cars, you know, kids wow. at the city dump looking for food. So one of those kind of kids and her siblings came in and I believe I met her when she was nine years old. She lived in Casa Hogar and we have a rule there that if you obey the rules, you know, you can stay through high school. And then one year, Nancy, the owner, she said, well, let's, let's just throw this carrot out there. If you obey the rules, we'll put you through college. Oh. Well, you need to be careful what you say sometimes, yeah, right? That's great. So this girl that I was referring to who came from a horrific background um, is currently a dentist. That's amazing. Um, I have two boys. I call them my sons. And I met them when they were nine years old. Their parents were in prison for, for drug dealing. Okay. And they both have college degrees now. And if they walk through this door, you would be so impressed. Talk I about, like goosebumps. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. And those are just a couple stories. Um, that's that's so special. I mean, talk yeah. about making an impact on the world. And exactly. What I've learned through this podcast and talking to incredible parents like you and people who are just following that path mm -hmm. is like, you look at kids coming in with like trauma or in those situations, just a lot of baggage. And sometimes you get into this place where you, you know, you feel bad for yourself or there's like um, a low energy around, here's my circumstance. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned through talking to a lot of these therapists and our coaches is when you go through that, like the parent was doing the best that they could. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know the circumstance, but I venture some of those people dealing drugs because I have spent, um, I've spent some time in El Paso and right across the border is Juarez. Mm. And so I know a lot about the culture there. Yeah. Um, but these parents are doing it because it's the only way they know to provide for their children. Mm. So it doesn't change the circumstance that the child came in, but it definitely makes it not malicious. Yeah. And I think what you'll get into, I don't know for certain, but I, I venture a guess, is that it's teaching these kids to come to a, a place of understanding and empathy to that so that they can build and grow. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they're flourishing, which is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. There's some 
some pretty tough stories there too. You know, some of the kids are graduating college and one girl's um, actually the girl that made up my nickname from going down there so often, you know, I even had my own nickname, which was kind of cool. What's your nickname? Well, it's, they called me champion. Oh, okay. But here's what's funny is one time this, I was talking to a mom and she's like, oh, you're a champion of kids. And I was like, no, actually the reason they call me champion is when we play sports there, whether it's kickball or basketball or volleyball, like, I don't care how old you are or what your background is. I'm going to try to beat you in sports. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> so they started calling me champion. But anyways, That's the girl so that actually made up my nickname um, got involved in some situations outside of Casa Hogar and they found her with a bullet in her head on the side of the road, just oh, thrown on the side of the road. No. Her baby was taken from her. And, um, you know, and that was a kid that I, I, I knew. Oh my gosh. So Kenny. just as many great stories. There's yeah. some really sad ones. Wow. So perspective. Yeah, that, that type of stuff. I don't know the mom in me, like it's really hard for me to hear that stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's also very amazing to understand how blessed we are and our lives yeah. are so, you know, incredibly well, special. Exactly. So that's why getting back to the social science part, um, when I decided to start a competitive volleyball club for girls, my goal was to impact their lives on and off the court. Got it. So the first year that I had my organization, I took a group of 16 girls to Casa Hogar. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And talk about a perspective change, you know, when they were seeing these kids who don't have mom and dads and yes. seeing how they operated and yeah. how they cope and sure, it was just radically changing lives. So I've taken athletes down to Casa Hogar for the last 10 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been very life transformative. We just had a, um, a coach on who lives in... Nicaragua right now. Mm. And she does a cultural immersion where she takes university and college, uh, high school and college mm -hmm. kids um, from UK, Australia, um, Charlie's screaming himself. <laughs> and she takes them um, to different countries around the world to just immerse them and, and um, show them the culture and for them to get the perspective, but also really serve. Mm -hmm. So I think um, I see a lot of commonalities in what you guys yeah. are doing. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Um, wow. That's awesome. That, I'm sure that was really special for those kids. Yeah, it was very eye-opening. Okay. And I have some stories with that too, you know, kids coming back and one girl got in the car at the airport and just burst into tears and apologized to her mom, you know, for what a difficult kid she had been. And um, get, I also have, get this, Caitlin, I have three girls that have been on the trip that completely changed their major, decided to go in a completely different direction. It's one so of them awesome. is a therapist now who um, sent me a picture the other day of a puppy. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. You know, tell me about your puppy. She's like, coach, it's going to be my service dog. Awesome. So I get the chills when I tell you that. A girl awesome. that went on the trip, became a therapist, you know, and now has a little service dog that helps. So. And you and you just watch these kids transition. And it's really, I mean, it's Aristotle. It's nature versus nurture. Like giving them that perspective really helps to align them with a higher purpose of what they want to do. Yeah. It's interesting. A second ago, you talked about like the the massive shift in their awareness. Mm -hmm. So I think you might know this. I'm not sure if you do. So Shekinah came into our life in a, in a, um, a non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. She's Monroe's second cousin. Okay. Um, that we, we, we had the amazing privilege of adopting and we're so incredibly close with his family. They're probably on watching this. They're, they're amazing support system. Mm -hmm. We love them. Um, but it's a slightly non-traditional route. So she remembers what life was like before. Now, fast forward, you have Gabriel, who was born into this family, like biologically. Mm -hmm. um, we're obviously older, a little more affluent. We've had more time to develop our skills and, and you know, in the, in the mm -hmm. working professional world. And Monroe and I talk about what their life views and how they're different. Mm. And there's like, 
you have one or the other. You either have this mentality where you get to understand that and you see it, um, or you just expect this is what life is. This is what life is. Mm -hmm. And if you had to choose one for your kids, which is like a fun exercise, like if you had to choose one, what would you pick? Because they both have their their positives and they're they're very, 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 you know, bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think our job as a parent is to really just understanding where your individual kid is and then helping them get the other perspective. Yeah. Whether that's one way or the other. And so not, not always as easy said, said than done, but yeah. um, I know we just noticed that because our kids had very different, the first two, three years of their life were very different. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really, really interesting to think about. And I think that's why she's so amazing. Uh-huh. Right. And to your point, not that the kids that were born in this country aren't amazing, but we do need to work to give them perspective. Yeah. Because we live in an amazing community, amazing yeah, world. Exactly. There's, there's positive and negative everywhere you look, but you get conditioned, right? Reticular activating system, you get conditioned to find. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, uh, tell me the name of the school. So it's called Casa Hogar Los Angelitos, which is home of the little angels. That's awesome. And um, Nancy Nystrom, she's a friend of mine. She's the founder. She has a couple books. And for an American woman to own an orphanage in Mexico, <clears throat> excuse me, that alone is crazy. I bet. And she has some stories in her book of all the doors that opened and all the things that had to happen in order for her to own an orphanage. Wow. And there was a time when they wanted to put her in jail. And now we're at a, a time wow. at the Casa Hogar where the community, um, there's a bridge now. And one of the things that they do at Casa Hogar, you know, parents, I think, also need to get your kids and nurture them in some area of interest. Yes. So Casa Hogar has a dance troupe, and it's cool. the traditional Mexican dancing from each location. And um, they teach these kids the dancing, and they're amazing. In fact, they're on tour right now in Texas. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I went on tour with them a few years ago in Canada. Oh, that's amazing. But I think where I was going with that was just giving them something to teach them dignity and respect and discipline and all those yes. things has really been a transformative factor with the success of these kids. I don't want to derail too much and I promise I'll bring us back, but there's a common theme here and you obviously as a coach are very well tapped in to this, right? Mm-hmm. You do this, but I, there's such an importance for kids in sports and mm-hmm. that can be the discipline, the area of interest, the applying themselves and, and really seeing themselves fail forward and grow. It's the com- um, camaraderie, like, it's incredible. Yeah. So I just would love your perspective on why you think sports are so important. Some of those elements, um, I think that'd be awesome. Well, you know, there's a quote that I heard a few years ago that I really like. It's, you know, a coach can make a difference in a player's life, you know, more than even a teacher because 100%. kids love their sports or their activities and they want to be there. So for many years, I worked for an organization where we were teaching coaches how to coach That's awesome. to be a transformative coach. And I just think using the life lessons found in sports translate to business life. They translate to the classroom. But sometimes what I'm finding is parents want to jump in and they don't want their kid to fail or fail forward. I I like that term that you used, but that is part of the process. You know, the struggle is what kids really need from sports. But so many times I feel like parents are, you know, protecting kids from, from letting them fail and struggle because it hurts. You know, I hated seeing my daughter cry and I know, you know, you just want to fire off an email or you want to attack the coach. And so many times, if you would just trust the coach. My husband never the feels so bad. No idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Anybody who's ever been a coach or a teacher. Totally yeah. Right. Oh, my goodness. It goes back to what we were just saying with, like, the first world versus third world problem type mentality. Is like these kids just don't know 
they, they don't know any different. And we try to protect them as parents. Like our innate, our innate drive is to like not let them feel pain. But in so many ways, we are debilitating them from their, their ability to self-soothe as babies, self-console as, you know, intermittent age children, yeah. and then problem solve. And, under, and, and we're also saying like, it's not okay to feel sad. It's mm-hmm. not okay to be anything but here. And we're setting kids up for failure. And that's why yeah. you have all these terms like um, teenage anxiety, teenage depression. I have many uh, friends that I've met through this venture that are like, no, they're not depressed. They are human beings having a season or having a moment of depression. But because mm-hmm. we don't teach them the tools to process it, mm-hmm. or to your point with the the routines and the disciplines, they just feel stuck. Yeah. And now you don't have anything like if you, if you if that person's not in sports or in type of club or a group, yeah. now there's no outlet. That can be just goofing off, having fun, like doing Pokemon cards. Those kids in my neighborhood love those right now. Yeah. Or that could be kicking a soccer ball. Just the movement of energy the connection with other people gets them out of that moment so they can feel another oh, emotion. Exactly. Another not stuck yeah. in it. Very well said. That's so true. Yeah, it's it's I've learned so much from from this and it, it's incredible the perspective. But I didn't know it at the time. I just like to go run around and play. Yeah. Right. But right. now looking back, I can see why it's so important. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it literally is changing the chemistry in your brain. You know, when you go out and like you said, just kicking the soccer ball. You know, you're getting some dopamine, maybe even some serotonin. You know, yeah. there's a lot. I think that's a big problem is, you know, a lot of the kids these days aren't using their tools because right. if you use your tools over time, you can change the chemistry in your brain. A hundred percent. So. And you, and you rewire it. I don't think, I don't know if it was you that we talked about Joe Dispenza a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I love the merger of science and spirituality there yeah. and just like, it's like a double slit experiment. Like yeah. we really are we really are creating our environment and our world yeah. based on our uh, observation and our right. interaction with the world. Right. So I think that's very cool. Right. Um, okay. So we were going through, in, through sports and how like sports is important for the, those reasons. Yeah. I didn't mean to derail us too much from um, Casa de. Um, um, Casa Hogar. Casa Hogar. Los Angelitos. Los Angelitos. So can you walk us through some of the practices that they taught the kids? I'd love yeah, to learn. So here's, so here's kind of the interesting part about it is, as the social scientist, whatever that is, right? When I started going down and I started observing the kids, I decided I was going to study what was going on. Okay. So before I even brought teams down, I was going down, I was taking notes, and we even had some old videos of me oh, saying, cool. we're doing an experiment this weekend. So it's kind of some, some fun footage. That's awesome. And what I noticed is the things that they were teaching were obviously creating results in these kids' lives. Well, I was able to kind of package them into these five areas. Oh, that's amazing. So when I started my competitive volleyball club, um, the whole filter system for everything that we did was based on these five areas. Wow. And what happened with my volleyball club is we were doing things we weren't supposed to do. You know, we started out a very small organization and people were saying, you can't win being positive. You can't win building kids up and who they are. You know, (laughs) you can't win that way. Not only did we win, we became one of the top clubs in Colorado. Wow. Um, You know, we had people... They wrote a newspaper article about what we were doing. That's awesome. But the whole formula kind of came from the observations that I had made at Casa Hogar. I didn't realize that this wasn't something that was pre-prescribed. I, I, I thought that they had this system and that you came and observed it. But you're using, it's just like, this is so cool. I mean, if you ever like question divine intervention, you have this guy who changed his major 16 times. No one does that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Make your life to this true decision right now. This is when you're going right. to know That's what right. you want to do. Um, 
And then you jump around because obviously you're meant to get all these different experiences. Yeah. And then it brings you to this moment where you are now going to this place and now all of those experiences culminate to give you the framework to put this formula together. Right. And wow. now this formula not only has, you know, transformed lives at the orphanage at my volleyball club, you know, this is the stuff that I'm teaching now to anyone that will listen, you know, anyone this. that wants to hear on some ways to have a better life that's also rooted in you know neuroscience and positive psychology and actually ancient wisdom yes it's kind of combining everything and i think the thing that makes it the passion for me is i live it you know i have yeah. some stuff some abuse in my background and if i don't do my things on a daily basis you know i'm not the dad i'm not the coach i'm not the person that i need to be that's the fun part or the ironic part of like spiritual development it's like just because you are the guru it's like you don't get to evade your own journey. Like yeah. you, just because you're the one with the knowledge, you still have to go through it yourself. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like entrepreneurialism. I actually think being a parent and being an entrepreneur are great like gateways into spirituality oh, because yeah. they're just external circumstances that force you to really be in this very, very tight and uncomfortable box by yourself to yeah. work through all the things so that you can expand and grow and, and, and achieve and become right. more. Exactly. It's, funny how it works like it's all pre-planned <laughs> somehow but, but caitlin here's the thing i'm a firm believer if you don't quiet your mind on a daily basis you're gonna miss yeah. the signs the signals you're gonna miss the things and the prompts that will lead you on this journey i 100 percent agree. you know so i just can't stress and that's one of the things that they teach at casa hogar is quieting the mind that's awesome and it's always amazing when it comes from different cultures because you can understand it's a it's really a global thing. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's not a, it's not a, like a local thing. I think that's right. amazing. Ah, uh, I love that. This is good. So, okay. You want to go back to the formula then, I guess? I kind of want the formula. Okay. So I feel like I have to keep giving all this backstory. So there's a little bit more You just keep, backstory. you just have, we'll just flow. Okay. It's all good. So in its know, perfect time. We noticed what they were doing and I tried to make sense of it. So I put it into like five little buckets. That's just the way I think. I like to put things into buckets, let's just say. And, um, we noticed, you know, that the kids were, were benefiting and now that's what we're teaching. So I'd like to kind of share the acronym and a little bit about the formula awesome. because it's stuff, you know, that we've all heard. There's nothing new. I don't think there's anything really new out there, but I think for me, it's just sticking with things. Yes. Um, you know, the chop wood, carry water story. Do you know that story? Maybe. There's a book that I love and it, it's it's for athletes. They take ancient Zen stories and they put them into an athletic framework. That's awesome. And it's basically the pupil is looking for mastery and the, the guru says, you know, for the next 10 years, just go chop wood and carry water. And he came back after 10 years. You know, I think I've reached it. What should I do now? Chop wood, carry water. So I think the whole moral of the story is from this book is whether it's an athlete or just you're trying to be your personal version of you, don't overcomplicate things. Don't chase all the different books and all the different seminars. Yes. You know, just find some things that work, build that into your life, and you're going to see results. And that's what this formula has done at Casa Hogar. So I have a little acronym that goes with it because, you know, how we always hear things and it's easy to forget. Yeah. Heuristics are good in a, yeah. busy, in a busy world. For so sure. the acronym is My Heart Sings Happy Songs. Sings Happy Songs. Okay. So this is the formula you know, that, that we're teaching here and we're talking about. So the M is your mental vibe. I like to, to think in terms of, of things as vibes, right? Okay. So your mental vibe, you know, there's a ton of things that, that you can work your mental vibe, but one of the things they do at Casa Hogar and I did at my organization is quiet your mind. Like we talked about good. We, we, I think we've talked about that a lot today, that, but it's important. It's, it's it seems like foundational, right? Yeah. 
So the H in my heart sings happy songs is heart. heart. So one of the things they do at Casa Hogar is they have something called the healing journey. And this is where the kids go in and they have to go through their trauma. Oh. And sometimes these kids are punching pillows and sometimes they're screaming and, you know, sometimes they will have fits. And I liked something that you said earlier about, you know, we're afraid to sit in our uncomfortable emotions, yeah. Yes. but these kids will sit with these emotions for days sometimes before they, they have their breakthrough. So what does um, that look like for the kid? Yeah. Is it like, you know, a few minutes a day, they know it's called like, it has a name and they go and they sit in a room and they like, what does that look so like? So they do sit in a room with a therapist okay. and, you know, they talk about it and they do different techniques. Um, sometimes it's, you know, playing with sand. Other times it's punching pillows. Yeah. And what happens, they let them sit with that. And eventually these kids will have a breakthrough. And I have a breakthrough story if you want to hear it. Of course. So there was a little boy and just a big brown eyes, just a cute, cute boy. Well, he found his mom hanging. She had committed suicide. Aww. So that's how he Aww. came into Casa Hogar. He had not spoken a word for, I think it was almost two years. He would not speak. Well, he had gone through the therapy and we were out there and he was helping us paint a wall. And I'll never forget, he was holding this paint tray for a girl that was on a ladder I mean, my shoulders were burning just looking at the kid and he just stood there and he was just holding this paint for this girl. And it, it wasn't long afterwards where he, he said something in Spanish to the effect that, oh man, my shoulders are really burning. And it was from that point on that he started, he started speaking. That was like his first time talking. Yeah. So he had done the therapy and then something wow. triggered him that got him to take the full breakthrough. And he was a different kid after that. Oh my gosh. Of yeah. course, because you're not holding it exactly in. um there i was listening to this podcast yesterday and the doctor that was on was talking about like releasing weight he's like i don't call it losing weight because i don't want to find it like i'm releasing weight mm. that's what weight is it's your, your stuff holding you down holding you mm. um extra you know energy in your body that you don't need to store and it stores energetically it stores physically mm. i just thought that was a cool analogy like he's like i, I don't want to find it i just want to release it yeah, like no that's great energy is like meant to be felt Right, emotions yeah. are meant to be felt and released. Like we are emotional beings. Oh, that kid! And the story of him, like holding the um, the paint tray, is like it's like a it to me is like a physical representation of like just him having to hold the yeah. front of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. And I think I think it's funny, and maybe I'm just so woo woo, but like to me, like that's the perfect like portal for him to say, okay, yeah. like I'm done. I am done. Yeah. And and, and you know, so I don't know if the the cute beautiful blonde volleyball girls had anything to do with it. That's awesome. <laughs> it may or may not have, but that's awesome. it was, it was a very powerful breakthrough moment. That's awesome. So, you know, so that's kind of the, the heart vibe and um, at the volleyball club and, you know, I, I teach some different ways to, to process the toxic as I call it. Okay. Um, this year at Wellington Volleyball Academy, you know, every kid was given a journal and I tell the that's athletes, amazing. it's really important that you journal toxic emotions. Um, you know, awesome. once you get that stuff out, I've had players, journal and process something and become a different player because they got something heavy out. So for you, heart is about, um, is, I'm assuming it's like a dualistic type thing where it's like processing and sitting with the, um, the things that you need to release and being aware of them and just letting them like sit with them and then actually let them go. But then also I'm assuming it's a little bit of feeling the positive emotions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a combination of just when we say working your heart vibe, you know, the first thing is process the toxic okay. and then that allows, you know, positivity and other things to come in because you're making room for it. That's amazing. Know? So, so that's the second vibe heart. heart. So okay. my heart sings happy or we're on my heart sings, sings. we're on sings. The S stands for soul. Soul. So what soul vibe is, and 
this is classic. You would think at Casa Hogar, a children's home that, you know, and fundraising is tough. However, um, they give back to the community. And what I've done with them before is me and my volleyball girls come down. We meet with the kids at Casa Hogar and we will go out to the migrant farmers. Wow. Now, these are people that don't exist. What I mean by that, they don't have birth certificates. They don't have social security okay, cards. Like okay. these people yeah. don't exist. And get this, Caitlin, they don't even speak Spanish. They speak an ancient language. I believe it's called Mezteca. Wow. So we're talking about, you know, some very poor situations yeah. and pretty sad, but we'll go out and we'll give them some of the necessities, you know, water and we'll give them oil and different wow. things for cooking. And the kids wow. from Casa Hogar do this, um, I think bi-monthly, they go out and do something in the community. So soul vibe is pouring into others. And I tell my athletes, Love and this. I think this works for all of us, the number one way to get out of your head is to Serves pour into months. others. Amen. And I had a girl the other day, this is a great, great story. She said, all right, coach, I'm willing to do some soul vibe work. What do you think I should do? And I said, well, quiet your mind and let me know what comes to you. And she said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I eat a lot of fast food. So every time I go to the drive-thru, I'm going to compliment the worker. And she started complimenting workers on their tattoos, maybe their eyelashes. That's awesome. And she said, coach, you would not believe, you know, the, the responses that I've gotten, but how good I feel walking away. That's amazing. So we, we have this book, we read Gabriel and, and she's like, and I got all these extra French fries and <laughs> these bonus fries kept showing up everywhere. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we have this book we read with Gabriel. It's amazing. And um, I read it with Kina when she was younger uh -huh. and we kept it, which is saying a lot for us because I don't like to keep things. We don't, I like to give them away to others, uh -huh. um, but it's called how full is your bucket. And it's a visual representation for children. Mm -hmm. Like the kid goes through his day, he has a bucket on his head and, and he realizes that everybody else has one too. And when he, deposits a drop in somebody else's bucket through mm -hmm. a, a selfless deed, something being nice, a compliment, um, a smile, any act of kindness, uh -huh. his bucket gets full. So it's just a transformation of thought from this child going from the world is like depleting my bucket and mm -hmm. we can deplete each other's to, oh, I, I, my bucket gets full when I feel good and I feel even better when I'm helping others. Yeah. It's just this cute transformation story and just giving kids the awareness right at a young age. But it seems like you're, your student just had that same realization. Yeah. And you know, that was a part of my organization, the volleyball too, is every team did a community service project Have together. To. Yeah. And I think in, in that world, bonding teams, nothing better than community service. I mean, look at, look at major religions, look at major um, organizations, sporting organizations, like the common thread of service runs through who we are. I mean, mm. it's not different than what you're doing with your coaching and, and um, what we do as parents, what I'm doing with this podcast is, we want to find a way to use our innate given skills and passions and mm -hmm. turn them into a way to help other people grow, yeah. you know, get better. Um, and in doing so, you, it's like the one plus one equals five. You grow and mm -hmm. you feel better. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. almost like we were meant to do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we get so we get so removed. And then, okay, last tangent, probably not the last tangent. We have this thing, I believe, like an internal compass. When I feel crappy, and again, to Coach Kevin's point, you have to have the quieting of the mind to to be able to have this awareness mm -hmm. i'm just a very aware person i know i'm off but it's not bad like i appreciate it because it's my internal gps saying you are not on your path right now and you don't feel good because you're not on your path so when we get away from service when we get in our own heads when our problems because become the biggest that's when we feel depressed that's when we feel overwhelmed because it's it's our internal compass saying this is not it you need yeah. to focus elsewhere Focus outward. Yeah. And then just instantly, it's oh, yes. better. Well, and Caitlin, I went through a kick when I was going through a hard time a few years ago. I was 
taking money and going on hikes in Colorado and giving money to people. Like I was so desperate to to soul vibe and to experience that serotonin, some of those things, oxytocin that I needed. If you had put that on YouTube, you could have been the original Mr. Beast. I know. uh, (laughs) Don't even get me going. So many things that are common now. I know, well, Some of the old good. guys have been doing for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, the advent of technology is <laughs> exactly. Good. But that's okay. Yeah. They they probably, you know, what probably happened? They probably felt or, or were the recipient of one of those things, and now they've just said, "Hey, I can do this too." Yeah. And you never know where that the the ripples of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's the cool thing. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So soul. So that's soul vibe, volunteer work, um, getting out. You know, the world is more than just about you. Is kind of what we say. Love so that's that. soul vibe. The uh, My Heart Sings Happy songs, the H stands for health. Health. Now, one neat thing about Casa Hogar is over the years, we've had volunteers come down and people just want to pour in because they see what's happening there. Yeah. So there were some people that got together and raised money. And there we have a commercial quality kitchen. Oh, so cool. these kids are, are eating good food. And awesome. when I started focusing on not only food and water and recovery with my athletes, I noticed a huge jump in um, performance. Amazing. And guess what? In my own life, you know, when I started taking, I drink this drink every morning that I invented with all these different green ingredients. Awesome. Completely changed um, my cholesterol and different things that I was struggling with. Were you always a very fit person or did you have a journey? Yeah, I've always been very fit, um, but I just had cholesterol from um, genetics. Okay. But I was able to to do it with this green drink that I drink. and. You know, and the kids are, are eating right. So when they go to school, they're thinking better. And, and we Amazing. all know this, but if we put intentional effort into, you know, our rest and our hydration, those two things alone are yeah. game changers. It's true. And again, it's, I feel like it's worth prefacing. It doesn't all have to happen at once. And I think the reason you go in that order is sometimes you have to have the mental clarity first. Your heart has to be open to it first, right? Absolutely. Like obviously these can all happen in silos, but when they happen together, it's where the magic happens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's other aspects of health. And there's a, several different aspects under these categories. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 a good one for health. When's the book coming out? I know, huh? I have a book coach. You want one? No, we'll have to talk. That's awesome. Well, so so when you say health, what are some of the other aspects? Just because that one's... Um, that I one's... think for me, it is rest, recovery. Um, you know, and I'm an energy guy, right? Like I love... Mm-hmm energy. And I believe that energy is made up of what we think, say, and do. Yes. And that also includes what we're putting into our bodies. Yeah. So I'm a real firm believer in putting, you know, the right foods in and, and that's what they're doing at Casa Hogar. And that's awesome. And it's, it's helped them a ton. So it's true. Yeah. But I think recovery and rest, I know as adults, especially parents with kids, it is so hard to get the right rest and, oh yeah, and recovery. Sure. And I think it's important that we we all know this, but we just actually need to do it is take time for ourselves. You know, I firmly believe you're a better parent, a better coach, a better business professional when you're taking care of yourself. And there's so many like things I could unpack here. Like there is general, genuinely a, you know, a, a set amount of time and how you use it. I, I heard this the other day on the, um, an Alex Hermosi YouTube video about <clears throat> what, what separates the, you know, the, the poor from the rich is literally their use of the most important um, resource, which is mm-hmm. their time. People who become wealthy or people who become wonderful in any facet of life, they just manage their time better. So part of this is understanding where you at, where where you are at is not bad. But if you do des- desire to grow, just being open, having the mental awareness mm-hmm. to say, here are the areas where I could cut some time, and here are the areas where I could put them instead. 
and they'll go into serving me better and thus serving my family better in the yeah. world. But it's having that, um, like no one does it for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lonely path because it's meant to be carved by you. Yeah. But I know so many parents are worried about their kids becoming good people, what the impact their kids are going to have. And what I've learned through this podcast and interacting with so many people is if you just focus that energy on yourself, you are that example and your kids will follow it because right. it's genuine and it's fun and they will gravitate toward it because it feels good. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that I struggled with, tell me if you can relate to this for the longest time I was taught <clears throat> in the belief system I was raised in that, you know, that, that was selfish and that we need to put others ahead of ourselves. And I do believe that we need to have an app, you know, an element of service in our lives and yes, sure. others need to be honored and respected but I don't even think we can do a good job with that if we're not taking care of ourselves. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to jump into the whole self-care thing because I felt like I was being selfish, but I worked through it. Interesting point is I think it's been overly feminized self-care, right? And and I say that, and I, I also have the dissonance within my own body as I say that because women probably give themselves very little self-care moms, you know, parents in general, Mm -hmm. but for a while, I understand that the term self-care was felt very like girly, like, oh, do that. What do you like? You know, and and it's interesting because as we come into this time, like I, I absolutely at the core of my being feel like we are merging all of our, whether you, whatever you associate with, um, we have both feminine and masculine, yin and yang, positive and negative, oh, black and light. We have all of that within us. And it's just the balance of it that creates yeah. what we see in the world. Like literally right. it's the atom and it's the lack of the atom. Right. Like scientifically, religiously, it's the same motif again and again. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> like now that our culture is in a different place, self-care has become mental health. I mean, look at the mental health market in yeah. the past 10 years and what's going to be coming from it. Um, physiologically, psychology, it's going to, it's going to continue to flourish. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's the self-care is incredibly important. You asked about, do I feel like it was selfish? Um, I didn't grow up with that mentality. But what I will say is I grew up with parents who were very present. So what that taught me was that because they were present, they didn't have the dissonance within themselves of I'm here, but I really want to be here. Mm -hmm. I think when you don't do what you're prescribing or recommending or offering as a tool, you may think you're not being, you may think you're being selfless, mm-hmm. but what's happening is you're not really there because you don't, yeah. you're, you're, you're exhausted. You're not fed correctly. So you're starving and you're overfed at the same time. Yeah. You're exhausted and you're not energetically clear. So you might, your protoplasma, your physical bag of mesh may be sitting in a place, but you're not enjoying yeah. the moment. And right. that to me is way more toxic So I think at a young age, I just realized, or maybe I was given the opportunity to realize, Mm -hmm. um, you have to, you have to do what makes you feel present. Yeah. Guilty on that one. I I think everybody is. Yeah, it was really. So, um, I'd like to talk about the last vibe, which is soul vibe. And to me, this is the most incredible one, um, at Casa Hogar. And I think even in just in the, you know, the coaching that I do is, um, it is your skill vibe. So what, what's really unique about Casa Hogar is the staff takes the time to find out what interests each kid. Oh, I love that. Now, a majority of the kids are in the dancing, and it's okay. one of the most beautiful things you see. When we go there with the volleyball girls, we're watching them, and you have probably 25 kids that are on the dance troupe, and then you have all the little kids. 
doing all the same moves on the side. Like okay. they're sitting there doing the same dance moves and they're incredible. That's awesome. We try to do their warm up. It's a 45 minute warm up. I have wow. not had a volleyball kid make it through the, the warm up yet. Wow. It is so intense and that's their warm up. And that's the kids that the kids are doing, the little ones are doing yeah. this too. Wow. So um, let's say a kid's interest is, is not the dance troupe. Um, they find out what is your interest and maybe it's Cub Scouts. Um, maybe it's soccer. We have a boy right now that's playing semi-pro soccer that's come through awesome. Casa Pogar. But they take the time to find out, you know, what their skill is. And here's kind of an, um, a story that applies to a kid at the volleyball club that I think is really interesting. I had a girl that was struggling with anxiety, like yep. everybody, and she was really in her head and she was doing this coaching with me. And we got the skill vibe. And I was like, well, what is something that, you know, that you used to do? What's a skill? And she's like, what do you mean? And I kind of explained it. And she said, right. what about painting? And I was like, Yes, yes, that's perfect. You like painting? She said, oh, coach, when I was young, I painted. I was really good. And I said, when's the last time you painted? And she said, four years ago. And I was like, you need to start painting. So she started painting, I think, a couple days a week. And the next time I talked to her, she was like, coach, you would not believe what happened. My anxiety is almost gone. I am so happy. I'm doing all these different things. And she was, I honestly think it's because I started painting again. Of course. So it makes sense. You know, every one of us has, you know, God-given skills or or whatever it is, you know, that interest outlets, creative. Exactly. Yeah, like we were meant to do it to yeah. help process the energy. Right. And, I, and I had known this earlier. <laughs> well, and I think so many times too, some of these skills we either think we don't have time for, or what I found yes. is a lot of times it's stuff that you're embarrassed about. Yes. Which is kind of interesting when you you know when you think about it like that that you're actually embarrassed of something that was a gift to you. Two things that this brings to my heart. What you just said earlier about being selfish, like. One, I think we keep our kids so tightly organized mm -hmm. that they feel it's they don't have the place, mm -hmm. that they're selfish, or maybe they don't have the space to cultivate these creativities. Mm -hmm. um, so they feel like it's it doesn't fit into the prescribed curriculum of life. Yeah. So and, and then the last thing was about the um, feeling ashamed, like mm -hmm. society, the school systems, like it had a place at one point. There's no there's no malice there. Mm -hmm. We were an industrial revolutionized country. We needed a workforce. The education system was made for that reason. Mm -hmm. it, 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 but I don't know if it's, if it feels like it serves anymore. Now I feel a lot like what you're saying where kids feel like they have to be in a box and right. anything outside of that box, anything different is looked upon as, you know, not good. So right. then they're embarrassed exactly. to try and develop their God-given skills, things that make them unique and special in this world. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, I'll be vulnerable for a minute. So when I was working this vibe, I try to go through them and we can talk about that later. But um, one of mine, and this is one that I was embarrassed about, I like decorating. That's amazing. So I have to like drag my girlfriend to the home store. That's so <laughs> She's like, cute. we're going there again. I'm like, yes, I need to get some stuff for over here. Oh my God, I love this. So it took me a while to embrace that, but it's something that, you know, it's just a part of the way that I was created. And, you know, I have to visit that vibe every so often. I got to make my trip to at home or one of those stores, you know. I love that. So I like what you've done with the place. You've done a great Thanks, job. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> I noticed right I'll, away. I'll pay you after for decorating before. It was <laughs> no, that's so cool. But, you know, we all have that, those things within us, whether it's cooking, whether it's, you know, like exactly. my husband, like he's like a good cook. Like he's really, he's also military. He's very regimented cook. Uh -huh. Like he's so much cleaner than me. It's uh -huh. adorable. He's like, love it. but, but he, you know, it's, it's an outlet and music. Obviously you can see the ukulele, like every, you need something, right? Yeah. We're, and we're so talented as a species. It is like, I'm so in awe of humans and they're amazingly diverse talents. Mm -hmm. 
it's so cool. Yeah, it really is. It's like so inspiring to me. I think it's amazing. I'm like, wow, I would never even know that you could do those three <laughs> things together, but that's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So soul vibe. So that's, that's yeah. the last vibe. And here's one of the things I also noticed during my social experiment was that the, I think the reason why the kids at Casa Hogar are having so much success, their lives are very disciplined and regimented. Okay. So in other words, okay. you know, they have to do some of these things mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So they're getting the results. So the hard thing for me is yes. to teach the people that I work with, the athletes or adults, you know, that I think the number one trait, if you can master this trait, you can do anything is self-discipline. Yeah. And it, yet it's so hard. And like what you said earlier, time management fits right into there. You know, that self-discipline, time management, you know, those are the keys, yeah. I think. That's amazing. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. It was on one of these podcasts and it was about creating a routine, but not through coercion, mm -hmm. through modeling and through like offering. So having, setting a, um, she almost made it sound very like sacred, like mm -hmm. setting a feminine space, like setting a sacred space that kids know, or the teenagers know, even your spouses know, we'll talk about this at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And it, it just gives a forum for that touch point. Mm. Um, but what I'm gleaning from what you're saying is I, I would like to continue to extrapolate that with some more routine things like with the mental time, like Gabriel and Shekinah and I, we always sit in the mornings and we set intentions for the day, but just modeling that, or he'll, they'll walk in on me meditating. So like just seeing them do it, yeah. it's not weird. And then eventually they get to the age, like Shekinah was very young. She's like, I want to do this with you. Nice. Right. So I think that is, um, what I called in this, you know, like you, things happen to you for a reason. Like if you found this and you're still here, like there's a reason you are here for this message. And you probably have gifts that are waiting to be shown to the world that are just waiting to come out when you have that mental clarity. So um, part of the something I put out in the universe recently is to have that routine come back into my life. And then, you know, a few days later, you're here. Yeah. So this is a really good reminder, right? Yeah. And again, that's like what Joe Dispenza says in the whole quantum physics theory is like, we are interacting with this world. Mm -hmm. You can call it law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, reticular activation system. When you put something out there, it'll find its way back to you. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty trippy. <laughs> yeah. And it's to the point now when I coach a team and I think this goes for, for life and kids too, what, what kind of team do you want to create? Cause I believe we can do any, we can create any kind of team you want. Amazing. If we can get everyone on the same page and everyone's intentional, you know, we can create a life that we want. We can create a team that we want. You know, it is possible. I'd love to talk about that for a moment because I think vision is incredibly important. Mm. Um, in anything, in decorating, in a team environment, in your own goals, um, having a vision of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do not have a set vision. So can you talk about that in the context of sports? Like how do you help? Um, is that something that you lead? Do you um, put certain things out there to let the girls decide their vision and what kind of team they want to be? I'd, I'd love to hear that. Well, I mean, my personal coaching philosophy is, I get kids to just sit and we put on some music and just imagine what you want out of the season, you know, picture you interacting with your team. And cause I believe if you have a clear intention and an elevated emotion, I'm one of those guys, I yep. believe energy can affect matter. Yep. And I've coached teams where maybe we were, we weren't even a tall team. We were a short team, but we were bonded. We were together. And I remember we would lay in a circle holding hands with our heads kind of touching. And I just told the players, just envision what you want want to happen this happen this season. Envision yourself having fun, and 
you know, in a miraculous, literally a miraculous way that team qualified for nationals. And it was the only team in the history that I had my club that went to nationals, but it was the only team that I went to that level with that, you know, guys, we're going to create this. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was, it was really powerful. So I think, you know, like I like what you said about setting intentions for the day. And if we can just kids get kids to daydream and think about the future and the what ifs. And one of my daughters has been very imaginative since a very young age. Well, guess who's living the life of her dreams? Yeah. You know, because she thought about it and attached to that emotion. And then next thing you know, things are coming into her field of influence. And Right. It's where your attention goes, energy flows. And I read a parenting quote, but it's applicable to everything. It's like, until you know better, well, when you know better, you can do better, right? Mm. So now that you're aware of it, now you have the space for things to come into your awareness and you can just make little tweaks. Like if you were to get 1% better every day in a year, you are 365 degrees better. That's a lot of improvement. A lot of people would pay into that investment. That's a good ROI. Yeah. <laughs> 1% a day. Yeah. Once again, though, it takes that self-discipline. It takes a self-discipline. You know, what I do when I teach the formula is we do the 30-day challenge. Okay. And I won't get into that now, but you know, if you were to do um, the coaching that I offer, it's a 30-day challenge of the vibes, you know, the five vibes as we call it. And um, I love that. And it helps instill the, at least the habits. The, the habits. Well, and it gets to the point. I was working with one of my athletes the other day where she does what we call a vibe check. She gets quiet and she's like, I feel off and she gets quiet and she realized, coach, I need to work some mind vibe. So, and she's like, meditation hasn't been working for me. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Let's go to another mind vibe thing. And I think for her, it was watching uh, positive videos on YouTube. Amazing. And a few days of that, boom, she felt back. So, you know, doing a vibe check and, and realizing, gosh, do I need to, uh, buy coffee for the person behind me today exactly. or you know, what do I need to do? What vibe needs work today? I love but you got to be in touch with yourself to figure out which vibe is calling to you. So I play a lot in different things just because it's fun, right? So I took my daughter a few years ago to this meditation class <clears throat> and we did this game called call and receive. These are all tools to work on your intuition mm-hmm. or as coach Kevin says, like just ways to listen to the small voice that you, everybody has that we just don't give a lot of clout to because there's a million things in our egoic brain bouncing around in there that Mm -hmm. have just been trained to let do whatever. So they're louder, but there's a lot of quiet voices inside trying to give insights at every point in the day. So there's different things you can do to cultivate it. Um, The meditation class was just like that. We would sit, I'd have a card or she'd have a card. And then we try and send what that was to each other. Mm -hmm. It's called send and receive. So let's say I had like a yellow uh, triangle or, or a number right? So it, it works both ways. So I'll like close my eyes and I'll send a picture of something or like something that's meaningful to her. Like she loves sunflowers. So I would like picture a sunflower, me whispering girasole to her. That's Italian for sunflower. It's uh-huh. one of my nicknames for her. And, and she'll be like, Oh, it's a yellow triangle. Like it's trippy, that's so cool. but you can do this. You can even okay, get a deck of playing cards and pull it, pull one out. And guys, it takes time and you have to be open. Mm-hmm. And like, and what is like meaningful to one person may have a different association with somebody else. So it takes time to develop this, but it's so cool. And then just doing something like that gives you a little bit more of a discipline and a skill set when you're going into other areas of your life. So, oh, I'm hung. I'm it's lunchtime. I better eat a salad. Let me check in. Why should I eat a salad? What do I actually want? Yeah, the fresh salad sounds amazing, but I really want something crunchy, like some pecans or something. Like, <laughs> like intuitive eating. Like. Yes. Things as simple as that, or uh, here's a mom example. Oh, it's a weekend. I guess we better get up early and clean the house so we can go out. It's like, wait, 
pause. What's needed today? Like what, mm-hmm. what, what feels like it would be in service of our family. Mm-hmm. And that might be, you know, sitting on the floor meditating. That might be going to get our feet in the dirt, like whatever that is. And then allowing that to happen and really feeling how you feel when it transpires. Yeah. And it's just like, it builds on itself mm-hmm. for sure. Right. I love that. The discipline thing is definitely like something that affects everybody. Yeah. So this has been amazing. Um, can you clarify for me when you say your coaching courses? Because obviously my daughter's had the pleasure of going through your mental toughness course. Mm-hmm. So Coach Kevin does a mental toughness course for athletes. And I, it's, I've never seen anything like it. I had no idea he was this amazing uh, because my <laughs> husband uh, recommended him for the mental toughness. And I thought as parents, that's something that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might even, maybe even have that conversation another day because we didn't even touch on that today. Yeah, I can wear a different shirt. And- <laughs> I know, yeah, we can go change shirts and come back. Uh, wear pants so my dog doesn't lick all your legs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the mental toughness thing I think is awesome. Okay, so you're coaching. Explain what type of coaching you do or if people are interested in um, working with you. Do you work with families? Do you only work with athletes? Give us a little bit of your scope. Okay, so... Um, most of my work is working with athletes. So I am the mental toughness coach for, I think they were the third largest volleyball club in South Florida. So, you know, there's almost 300 kids that I get to try to, you know, make an impact on their life through, you know, the tools of mental toughness. But I also have people that I work with one-on-one. Great. Um, you know, I don't advertise. I'm just kind of like referral and, you know, I just kind of like being that guy. Maybe someday I'll go on social media, but I just kind of like the organic way that the universe will send me somebody to work with. I love it. So I work with, you know, business professionals, um, athletes from other sports, and um, that's kind of the scope. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's something I really enjoy. And it seems like you, um, that affects parents as well. So you do some work with uh, adults or just by working with their kids. Yeah, and I really want to do more with, I'm doing more with the coaches now. I yes. want to get more towards coaches than the players. That makes sense. You know, to and through the coaches. And you remember earlier you said something about being a good example. There's a, a quote that we use in the coaching world that says, more is caught than is taught, mm. which means our example mm. speaks more than probably our words. 100%. So um, I'm working with more and more coaches. And, you know, I really want to work with more parents now that my kids are grown and I have a grandson now. Oh, my gosh. Um, amazing. Yeah. And I see all the mistakes. I mean, I was a very <laughs> present dad, but I made a lot of mistakes, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I'm at that point in my life now where I can, I can share that. And I, That's just, awesome. I just have a passion for helping people in that regard. Um, I know that you're not even near the precipice of where this life is going to take you. And I just feel so humble that we have like this on record because I know we'll look back at this in a few years and just to see all the lives that you've impacted. Um, like that would be such a cool exercise that obviously we can't do. But if you were to like understand each person that you've impacted and then the, the lives yeah. they like the dentist, for example, or the soccer player, like that's just... It's- it's, it's like, it's so good. Yeah. It's just good. Well, do you want to hear the greatest championship I ever won as a coach? Was a few years ago, a former player asked me to officiate her wedding. Yes. And to me, that's better than any victory and, yes. and anything I've ever achieved as a coach, you know, so. You make a, an actual impact on people's lives. Yeah, exactly. So I feel very humbled because um, I just have been in a position to, you know, impact lives in a positive way. And I'm just very thankful and humble and. Appreciate the opportunity, you know, to share that with you today. And I think that's just being present, right? Yeah. You, you just show up and then you're put in service. It's like you're activated. Yeah, exactly. Coaches and teachers have such an incredible um, impact on the world, you know, and they're, they're such an important and parenting. It's like yeah. they're such important callings. 
I'll never forget this. I was in a very small town on the Amalfi Coast of Italy called Vica e Quince. I was, my husband was on the phone calling his dad. I was literally like mid gelato, like going to lick a ice cream cone. And somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh, you're Rhonda. Oh, I'm not going to say mom. You're my, you're my mom's name, daughter. And I'm like, yes. It was like in Italy. And she's like, oh my gosh, your mom taught me in third grade. And I was like, Whoa. what? Like, how do you even know what I look like? And it was just one of those moments that was like, you never realize the impact you have on people. Yeah. But when you're present and you are in flow and enjoying what you do because you take the time to fill your own bucket, like you really can show up in the world in an incredible way. Yeah. Right. Like that, that was such a reminder for me of like, wow, like that's, it's impactful. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's so awesome. So coach Kevin, where can people find you and interact with you? So my personal website is let's shatter expectations.com. And I just have to add with that, Shatter expectations. Some people ask, well, why is that the name? And I, I'd like to explain that really quick. Number one, um, you know, the coaching that we do, you can, the shatter expectations, meaning goals, achieving goals, that's for sure. But it can also help you to shatter the expectations that society puts on us, yes. social media. And that's the work I love doing is over here, seeing these kids shatter the expectations and seeing them achieve. So it's that's let's awesome. shatter expectations.com. What a great name. Yeah, cool, cool. I'm glad you like it. That's amazing. Yeah, it, I like when um, meaning when words have two different meanings. Yes. Um, the other thing I'd like to share is so Casa Hogar, putting kids through university and all the things that they do, it costs, it takes a lot of money to run an organization like that. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to give money to kids in Mexico kind of thing. But if someone is looking for a great place to donate where amazing. the money goes to the organization, I worked at the organization for years, I go down. The money goes there. There's right. not a huge admin that, that takes the money, but their website is tcfcares.org. That stands for the Children's Foundation. So tcfcares.org. Amazing. And um, look them up. You can order Nancy's books on there. And you can donate there? You can donate there. Okay, perfect. And I would highly recommend, if you were touched in any way today by what these kids are doing, read Nancy's books. Um, they're unbelievable. That's because amazing. for this whole thing to even exist is a miracle. It seems like such a gift. I'm going to put the links for both your company and for um, Casa Hogar below. Okay. Um, so people can easily find them. Your background, your um, education, uh, like waywardness to get to where you are. Yeah. Nancy's background, uh, what she's been able to do, the hoops she had to jump through. And then the foundational steps and disciplines you were able to derive from your time there. And what that's doing now to, to our children and in sports this is a really cool story. Yay. Well, thanks for That's having like Transformation me. Thursday. This is amazing. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. I love it. So thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, definitely. I think we're going to have you back on because I want to delve more into the mental discipline aspect. So we'll leave that up to the parents. Um, let us know in comments what specifically you'd like to know in terms of discipline. We'll have Coach Kevin on at another point in time because he physically lives close by and we can actually do this, which is great. Um, I have to give a shout out. This is my first sponsored video, everybody. Uh, this video has been sponsored by Supportive Husbands. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I highly suggest you get you one. Um, no, my husband uh, said, hey, babe, I'm so proud of you. Your podcast is so good. He's like, your audio quality is horrible. So I bought you some headphones. So thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. Shout out to you. I love you. Uh, parents, as always, you guys are amazing. We are here for you. Please hit subscribe. It helps us get into the homes of more families like you guys who are trying to make a big impact in their life.
um, let us know what you want to learn. And then I will go find amazing people like Coach Kevin uh, to bring on and answer your questions. So until the next perfect time, everybody, stay beautiful and stay inspired. Bye, guys. Thanks. Oh my gosh, but seriously, and then he was licking Coach's leg, and his leg was moving. It was just so easy. <laughs> and we got it on video, I think, I so that's awesome. That's too oh, funny. So One vibe, yep, soul vibe. So um, do you need your mic? Yes. Oh my gosh, Coach. You're fuzzy. <laughs> oh, man. This is so cute. And we're back. See, with that's you, it almost question. looks decorative. Well, that's why I decided to put it on yeah. this side, so maybe they won't see yeah. it. <laughs> with me i'm like what did i spill oh yeah that's my microphone i think it actually looks more organic on you for me it's like floating in the middle of my shirt at least sure it has like a v that goes to it oh that's amazing okay so i'm just gonna let you jump in oh my gosh